what does it exactly mean to walk in purpose? I know it has become a thing in our culture to know your purpose or to do your thing. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, what does it actually mean to walk in purpose? Well, that's what I want to discover with you. I'm Jody Cell Grove, and I am excited to walk with you, to discover together what it means to walk in God's presence and live a life of abundance in our everyday lives. We'll do this through sharing testimonies, digging into God's word, and walking out Matthew 17, 20, where Jesus said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, nothing will be impossible for you. I'm so honored you've taken the time to walk with me this week. Welcome to She Walks in Purpose. Welcome back to She Walks in Purpose. This is your host, Jody Selgrove, and I am so excited that you have joined me today. We are entering episode five of season two, which again, I cannot believe we're already on episode five. I just love how God just, I just love how God works. Um, when you are like literally in his will and you are following him and focus completely on him, it is, it is like time stands still. And yet at the same time moves very quickly. So anyway, um, today I have an amazing guest, um, that I will be introducing here shortly, but before I get started, I wanted to review just a little bit about what season two is all about. Season two is focused on his purpose. Um, God just was leading me as I started preparing for season two, just to really focus on him. And really he was asking me this question, you know, as a child of God, Jody, what is my purpose in your life? Um, and that has, there's just so many different facets to that. Um, but the main scripture verses that he gave me were Ephesians 4, 1, 1 Corinthians 1, 26, and Psalm 51. And all of these really um, focus on the calling. And so I, I spent quite a bit of time in episode one and two, just foundationally, what does it mean? What does the calling mean? What does that look like in my life? And what I love about how he continues to lead me is that I get to have guests um, sit down with me and they get, to, they get to talk about these same type of topics, but from the perspective of where they are at with their relationship with Jesus. And today is just such a special treat because I have Mr. Chuck Stecker with me and he is actually hailing from Littleton, Colorado. And I had the pleasure of meeting him through his oldest, correct, oldest son. And then I think it was last March, wasn't it, Chuck? Last March, um, Jason and I had the absolute honor to be able to stay with Chuck and his wife, Billy. And it was such a blessing and we got to know them. And even since then, like, 
I just have to tell you how much of a blessing you are because he sends us a prayer and a scripture every single week. And it is a blessing to know that you are doing that for us. It's, it's such a blessing, but so just a little bit about Chuck before I basically give him the mic. Um, he has been in the military. I'm going to let him expand on that if he chooses to, but he has served the president. He is also the executive director and founder of a chosen generation. He is, a like a world-renowned speaker. He has traveled all across the world and he's also an author of several books. And he is a husband, a father and a grandfather. And I would say like for me, you know, very close to someone, I don't know you that well, but I'm starting to get to know you even more, a spiritual father to many. I know that. And definitely a loved brother in Christ. So with that said, I'm just going to give you the mic. Wow. Well, Jody, I will, I will tell you, Billy and I were deeply honored just to have you and Jason here. So I'll, when I put this out on the podcast, then it goes out for the world to know. And that is, um, <laughs> I expect you and Jason to come back. And I expect you to, uh, you know, maybe it's a time that you just need a break. And your room is already, it's sitting there. It's ready for you. And you know where it's at. So you can just kind of flow right into that. Thank you. When you asked me to do this, Jody. I, uh, one, I was humbled um, and, and deeply blessed. And I want to go back. And as we get started today, on October 26th, you did kind of the purpose for this second season. And I like that because, you know, uh, in walking through this time with you and listening to what God is doing with you, Forge and Faith, all of, you know, ministries, we can go through all of that. I think I tell people with myself, God gives me a little bit. And if I don't choke on that, then he gives me a little bit more. But he's constantly shaping and molding us in the process. And I'm very thankful for that because I'd hate to think that what everybody sees in me is a finished product, you know, and it doesn't get any better because we all know there's a lot of work still to be done. But in listening back on October 26th, and I want to encourage your listeners that sometimes it's very important to get the purpose, not just to pick an episode, but understand the purpose, which will help you understand the flow of what's taking place. And I think if you'll listen to October 26th, as you talked about it there, and you referenced Ephesians 4.1 and live a life worthy of your calling, which I love that scripture, by the way, 1 Corinthians talking about calling and so forth. And that took us through and even last week with you and Jason, as you talked about, you know, the old self. And I love a couple of your statements, by the way, that things that are deeply rooted uh, need to be uprooted. And very often, I think the, that means that we've got to give God permission to do that. Mm -hmm. We really do. That we've got to allow God and not fight against God when he's trying to uproot some things in us. Okay. Yeah. And so you and I, we talked about, you know, just kind of where God is taking us. And I think I will, I will follow on and just simply say, yes, I served in the military. Very honored to serve our nation. I will also say that Men and women don't serve in the military. Families do. Mm. And that is very, very true. I think that that's also true, Jody, in ministry. You yeah. know, men and women don't serve. Your whole family's in this and, you know, yeah. what that takes in order for that to happen. Um, in the military, no, I was not a chaplain. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I served in 
as an infantry officer, I was actually enlisted as a private to a sergeant and um, from a second lieutenant up through lieutenant colonel and, you know, before God pulled us out and sent us to do something else. But I served mostly in special operations type units, a couple of ranger battalions and special forces and uh, some things like that. And I'm very, and I am, I'm, I'm deeply honored to have been able to serve our nation in that capacity. And I'm blessed in what God has done coming out of that. Uh, God called us out in 1994, by the way. And um, it was just an amazing story that, um, you know, we'll just say, but it was, it was really as God led us to Colorado. My wife's a Kentucky lady. I'm a Nebraska, born Missouri, raised Nebraska, living in Colorado, wasn't on our radar. But there was this thing called Promise Keepers here. Yep. And um, we knew of that and it had some association in a sense. And so we just felt that God was calling us to Colorado and that we were to serve with Promise Keepers. One of the things that happened, I was the last, went in on a Monday morning, got hired that day as the last regional director that they were hiring out of seven. And interestingly enough, for the listeners that are in Nebraska, the man who was the regional director for Nebraska, as well as another six states, a guy by the name of uh, Reverend Alvin Simpkins, I just had lunch with him and his wife earlier, and he talked about speaking in North Platte and one of the great experiences that he had in speaking there. So with that, um, God led us there, and then we uh, God led us to launch the ministry in 1997. Our real focus is helping churches create a transformational intergenerational culture. And the, those listening um, would not have been able to see this or hear, but you know, one of, if you could see the smile on Jody's face, it's because her daughter surprised her and just <laughs> popped in. And that idea of the generations together as a family, and she's still kind of basking in the glow of just seeing her daughter walk through the door. And right. I got to meet that young lady. And so what a, what a blessing there. But I want to go back, Jody, and I'll just talk about where you and Jason were. One, the purpose issue for this second season. Mm -hmm. And I believe that purpose is determined, and there are three legs to this purpose. You're walking in your purpose. Mm -hmm. The three legs for me, and as you sit on a three-legged stool, you know that you take one away, it takes a lot to balance. You can do that, but it'll wear you out trying to balance on one or two legs. Yeah. That's why the three gives you a stable platform. Mm -hmm. But the three legs for me are the gifts, the calling, and the anointing. And so when you look at that, the gifts and calling, God tells us that's his business. And he also tells us in Hebrews that the gifts and calling are without repentance, meaning that he's not given, and taken. And if you've been a bad boy or a bad girl, he doesn't take it away. That gift and calling is there. And we can go and you and I discuss the, the verse in Jeremiah, you know, where God knew us before he formed us in our mother's womb. And we'll maybe jump into that for a minute. But it was the idea that the gifts and calling, that's God's business, yeah. the anointing. And many people, I know we define things. Very simply for me, the anointing is a right relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. Yeah. So when you have the gifting, the calling, and the right relationship with God, I believe that's the platform upon which your purpose will, will sit or stand. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love so, that metaphor. Yeah. I so that's, that. that's where I'm at in my life is trying to, knowing that there's gifting that God has given me. I know what he's called me. But boy, that the daily process in terms of purpose, she walks in, per, in 
purpose. But the other part is, I know from your listening audience, and I know with Jason on, you know, that may be the title of it, but you're speaking very clearly to both men and women. Yeah. And the other part, Jody, in our conversations, um, if you're the listeners are there and parents, you know, you're saying, boy, I need something for my son or my daughter, you know, young adult, you know, I would just encourage them to go back to October 26th and listen to that purpose statement for the second season, because while it may have a non-gender specific title of She Walks, but it really is directing at men and women across the spectrum, as mm -hmm. I've listened to your podcast and have enjoyed them thoroughly. So it's this idea that for purpose, there is the gifting and the calling. And, you know, churches help us. There are things to say, what are your spiritual gifts? That's important. That mm -hmm. idea of your personality that comes into that and to understand your calling. But the gifting and the calling must be stabilized with the right relationship with God for him mm -hmm. to put that purpose on top of it and for you to walk in the fullness of purpose. Okay. Yeah. So with that, I, um, I just pause for a second, Jody. I love, I love being here with you, but just kind of give you a chance for some comments as you walk through this thing and things that we've talked mm -hmm. about. Well, I just love the last statement that you made, that the gifting and the calling must be stabilized in the right relationship with Jesus Christ. I love that statement. <laughs> Well, you know, Jody, we both and you and I've talked uh, both when you were here and, you know, with Jason and that, that boy, we see people that have a credible amount of gifting and, you know, there's a calling on their life, but there's something missing in the process and yeah. maybe it's something they lost. And I, I would tell you the gifts and calling to me are constants. The anointing is the variable. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. that, that must be maintained at all times. Yeah. Must be made. Yeah, I love that too. And I also loved um and I looked up that scripture because I remember you quoted it like just like really fast for the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now I'm like gonna have to go and like study that out because that is I love that you just brought that scripture in there. And I love even this whole picture of Listen, you have, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, you have, you have this, you have the calling, you have the gift. He gave it all to you, but for it to be able to function the way that he designed it to function for his glory and really to spread him further out from even maybe just the world around you. It is going to be dependent on your relationship with him in the first place, which is like even goes back to what I even spoke at the beginning of the of the season is we were created for him. <laughs> it's all about him. So it completely makes sense that all this would be literally based and flow from him. You know, in some of the churches about this moment here, everybody would be standing up yelling at you, preach it, girl. <laughs> I'm not lying. I love it. I've been in those churches. Okay. But I would, I would take it back to the beginning. 
Jody, because, you know, you and I discussed this. I love the Jeremiah scripture, you know, where he says, you know, in Jeremiah 1, 5, is it? He says, for I know you and before I formed you in your womb, I knew you before you were born. I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nation. And we were having this conversation, just you and I, that if you look, there are three different times that God speaks to, I think, in that one verse. And in that, and that's that gifting and calling. This didn't happen by accident. So it wasn't after you were born and God said, well, I'll see how tall they are or what they look like or what their voice sounds like or what they feel like doing. Then I'll decide over here. You come back to this and God said, look, before I formed you in your mother's womb, here he's saying this, before your mother was even pregnant with you, God knew you. Mm -hmm. Wrap your head around that one. Before (laughs) your mother was even pregnant pregnant with you. God knew you. Now I'll tell you for some, they go, well, you know, I grew up in a group of pastors or, you know, I had a ministry and I've had this great here. Hey, look, my mother was a senior in high school when she got pregnant. My dad was back from the war. And so for me to have that understanding and my mom graduated from high school pregnant with me and she was still 17 when I was born. Okay. She Mm -hmm. turned 18 two months later. And she concealed her pregnancy in the final months of her high school, graduated, and then so forth. And then for God to say, but Chuck, it's, it's okay. Because before your mother even got pregnant with you, I knew you. Yeah. I knew you then. And so that's that first season, right? But yeah. then he says, and then before you were born, when you read that, right, he's saying, So while you were being formed in your mother's womb, right? He says, I consecrated you, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, so in a sense, he is saying that word consecration, that means to be set apart, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then he says, and then I appointed you a prophet to the nation. Well, that didn't happen before this, before this happened. Then when you were born, God, in many of the translations, Jody says, he ordained you. Means mm-hmm. he called out the gifts and the purpose that he had placed inside of you. So mm-hmm. he knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb. He ordained you. I mean, he consecrated you, set you apart, yep. you know, while you were being formed. And then when you were born, he ordained you. Yep. And that, so when you think of that, so what's the responsibility that we have? Well, I think there's twofold in this, in a sense, that is in this purpose issue. And I love, and again, I go back with conversations with you and Jason and with your board and times that we've met Mm -hmm. is the idea that the, what you're doing through this ministry and what you know God has called you to is not just impacting a generation in a sense, but impacting even generations yet to be born. So when I saw that face of that young lady, your daughter there, and her part of her story where she's interning and what she works with in this, you're impacting even generations yet to be born because the things that you are trying to impart to help her understand her gifts, her calling, and then walk with her in her anointing, right? And you want that to go to your grandkids. You want that to go to your great-grandkids. And that's Mm -hmm. the heart and passion you have and Jason has Mm -hmm. and that. So there's there's so much to that for me that ties in with what you're talking about in terms of walking in our purpose. 
the gifting, the calling, not by accident, but that anointing right relationship with God gives us almost this foundation, solid foundation upon which God then can move us in our purpose in that time. So I love how you brought in um, the generation part, because I believe that's, that is something that well, actually, I believe this is the first time it's been talked about on the podcast, but it, it is one of the main reasons for doing this. I mean, I do. I'm so glad you said that because our listeners need to hear this, that what you are garnering as you're listening, this isn't just for you. This is, that is why God created Adam and Eve and said, go and multiply. Like, this is supposed to be passed down. This is not supposed to be just for you. And you know, that goes to, I don't, I don't know if this is really a scripturally based, but if something comes up for you, please, please bring it in. But our gifts weren't, he didn't give it to us for us. (laughs) First and foremost, there's, it is to be for him. Yeah. Right. Give right back to him, give him praise and glory for what he has given to us we have received it is to go out it is to be for generations to come so i love and i know that is a passion of yours too so i love the fact that you pulled that in and even the fact that you're bringing us to jeremiah like here we are how many thousands of years later and it is still applicable yes this was god calling jeremiah but it's not here just for jeremiah it it like Literally, as I, you were going through, I'm like, yeah, that this was for me too. (laughs) So it's speaking to, this is supposed to continue. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, and, and you said, I mean, you know, the Bible is just filled with, with the, the understanding that who we are, what we were created to do and why we exist is for his glory. Mm-hmm. He created us for fellowship. And, you know, Jody, you may have heard me say this, but I, I, tell, I, I tell people, you know, people ask me, what do I do, right? And my standard answer is in, I'm, I'm in the family business. <laughs> and their immediate reaction is they go, oh, oh, uh, construction, insurance, financial planning, you know, building, farming, particularly in your area, you go family business. So you're all farming. I said, no, no, I'm in, I'm in my family business. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm, I, I go to work every day with my heavenly father and they kind of look at you and I go, look, you know, you want to hear something crazy. There is not one single thing, Jody, that he has called me to do or you to do that. He's gifted called and all of that that he couldn't do perfectly without us. And even on our best day, we don't do it perfectly. But yet, get this, just picture this for a moment, Jody. This morning, your dad came into your room and he woke you up and he said, my beloved daughter, let's go to work today. Hmm. And no matter what you did yesterday or the day before, and in my case, no matter how many things I broke in the store or no matter how many things I mismarked or no matter how many customers I ran off, Okay, Mm -hmm. still woke us up today and he called us by name as his son and daughter and said, "Okay, let's go to work today. And can you imagine that God would love us so much that he would rather go through this process with us and our imperfection than do it without us and him do it by himself perfectly? 
Yeah. Isn't that something? I oh, mean, yeah. think about a father that would rather do all of this knowing we're going to make mistakes, knowing we're going to have difficult times, knowing all of these things. And yet in our imperfection, he would rather have us in the store making mistakes than to say, you know, why don't you two just stay home today and I'll do it by myself perfectly. Yeah. Right. That's the kind of father we have. So we, yeah. we've got to get that part in terms of our purpose, because mm -hmm. our purpose was meant to exist alongside his plan. Oh, wow. I love that. <laughs> I mean, you think about it, your purpose today, as we go through this, was meant to be a part of his plan. Now, yeah. get this, this because this will, for me, it, his plan is perfect. We're not. And he still wants our purpose to be a part of his plan. That's why he created us. You, you, you see? So yeah. today, Jody, you're in the family business. How I great it is. That. Me and you. I love that. Our dad woke us up this morning because of the purpose of our lives that is a part of his yeah. perfect will and his plan. You know, he woke me and you up today and said, hey, hey, Jody, hey, Chuck, time to get up. Let's go to work. Yeah, he would rather have us. Can you imagine that? What kind of a father does that? You know what I'm saying? Well, we have. Yeah. We know what kind of a father does that. Yeah. Right. So when I when I think in terms of that, right, and you said you know created for His will and all of that, you know Paul in the Galatians in that first chapter, mm. you know he talks about the fact he was called by God, not by man. You know, yeah. you start in verse 11 there, and I'm out of, I know we use the ESV version, a very good translation. He said, you know, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me, that wasn't man's gospel. He says, for I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he goes on and talks about, look, this is what God's put inside of me. And he talks about it to the Galatians there that, and you know, and I love that part over there. And you just consider, you just, you know, keep going. And in verse, in chapter four, verse one, he says, okay, but I mean this, as long as the child is a slave, or as long as he is a child, he is no different than the slave, though he owns everything, but he's under the guardian and managers until a date set by his father, Right. And so in the same way we were children, and he talks about this spirit of adoption that we've got here, right? Mm -hmm. That our spirit cries out. And, and I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound um, inappropriate with God, but he's not saying here that our spirit cries out, almighty God of the universe, creator of everything. What does he say? When we're in right relationship, our spirit cries out, Abba, Father. Yeah. That's what our spirit cries out, you know, in terms of that. Do I believe in him as the creator of the universe? Yes, I do. Omnipotent, omnipresent, everything about it, you know, and how all of this, I don't know. I just know by faith it's true. Mm -hmm. But he says, man, the right relationship is Abba Father. Yeah, I and love that. You know, and so that's where God wants us in this. So that's. That's a lot of what's been stirring as I've listened to your podcast and where God's taking you, you know, in terms of purpose and really focusing on our purpose, you know, and I, 
you know, I, I, I pull a lot from movies and I think, you know, they represent life so well, but, you know, it's this idea you, when you don't know who you are, right, to know who you are and whose you are. And you had talked about that. I think you and Jason talked about that last week, whose you are, to know whose you are and the power of that piece of identity. Yeah. And of course, I go back to, you know, the Lion King. And I love that because, you know, it starts off and little Simba is born there and so forth. And then Scar, they, the uncle there, convinces him that he was responsible for his dad dying. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's some great there's some great teaching moments. He runs off to this. Remember Akuna Matata land, you yeah. know, Simba and Puma, that that place of no worries, which is Akuna Matata. That, yep. that doesn't exist. Not in this lifetime, does it? You know, no. that, that piece of that thing. But I love this because. You know, what happens is, is Nala shows up and I, I always tell guys at men's event, you know, I don't care how long you've been married, but when an old girlfriend shows up, you got problems, you know, <laughs> real simple, right? So, you know, Nala shows up and they're, you know, they're romping through the hay and all of that, but then it gets down to brass tacks and she says, you got to go back. He says, I can't. And he can't tell her why, right? It's this whole thing. You, you, you don't understand. I, I can't talk about it, right? She says, you have to, because the entire land now overrun by, you know, Snar, the hyenas and all of that, because the man was out of place. He wasn't where he was designed to be because of the gifting and the calling. He didn't have the right anointing, right relationship, right? So mm -hmm. all of those were still sitting there. And she says, but as a result, your purpose is being missed. Yeah. You were created for a purpose. You're out of position. You've missed your purpose, right? And so it's fun because, you know, there's, and I know you get symbology in that, but he goes down. There's two parts is, you know, is you got Rafiki, who's my favorite because he's a baboon and he runs around with a stick with a gourd on it and he slaps <laughs> lions in the head. Man, that's a dude for me. I like that guy. But, you know, he goes through that Santiana, bada, bada, squash banana. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, someone goes, so what does that mean? Rafiki says, it means you're a baboon and I'm not. Mm -hmm. He says, I think you're mixed up. I'm not the baboon. You are. And then Rafiki says, baboon, you don't even know who you are. Yeah. You're not living in your purpose. If you knew who you were, the gifting, the calling, and you were in right relationship, you know, and it's, what happens is, and it, there's so much you know, a piece of this and people can get, but he goes down and remember the image of his father and the legacy of all the fathers before him Yep. come there. Right. And that relationship to know who he is and who he was called to be in that. And he has to go back in that, that part of the thing. So, you know, it's that, that whole imagery that we have in life that, and you and I've talked about this, we've seen some amazingly gifted men and women with tremendous calling on their lives and something's missing and they're not walking in their purpose because the right relationship with God is not in place. Abba, Father, let's go to work today. That's what's missing. And yeah. all of that gifting, all of that. And we've seen people and you and I talked where there has been, I know our country calls it moral failure, but God calls it sin. And people that have fallen into sin, right, some of which have been restored and are back in right relationship because God's a restoring God, mm -hmm. some of which haven't, and they still, you see them, and the gifting and calling is there, but there's something missing. Mm 
and they're not walking out in their purpose that God has for them. It's called the right relationship with God. They're lacking the anointing. So as you've been, I love the analogy of using wine king, by the way, that was a very good like picture for, well, just for me, because I get, I got to listen to it, but for our listeners too, but this is this, when you were talking, this is the scripture that came to mind. So I'm in John 14, um, verse seven, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And that was Jesus talking to his disciples. And I'm just making that connection of the third leg of the right relationship with Jesus. So you know Jesus, you will know the Father. And if you continue in that right relationship with Jesus, you will also, your relationship with Abba will grow it will deepen, it will, and then you will recognize that you are actually in the position. He will move you into the position if you're out. He will exactly. do that for you. Jody, so, that. take that same chapter, because yeah. what does he tell you about your purpose then in that chapter? So follow it down and read okay. verse 12. So truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, will also do the works that I do and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the father. Ooh, that's good. Didn't he just tell you what your purpose was? So now, you know, and people say, okay, but what does that mean? I said, what did Jesus really do? Seriously. I mean, he made the blind to see the deaf to hear. He made the crippled to walk and he healed, you know, he healed all the people, you know, and all of that. And then he raised the dead. Other than that, what did Jesus do? (laughs) Other than that, right? But what does he say? So it goes from what you say, that anointing, which is the right relationship. And then he kind of bridges that to say, and by the way, when you have that relationship, that anointing, you will live in your purpose and do these things and greater things in my name. And people say, and there he is. He just lays it out. The Mm -hmm. simplicity of the complexity of the gospel. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, God gives us the simplicity of this seemingly complex gospel is the very simple aspect that when you know Jesus, you know, the father, you are in right relationship. And then he goes on to say, and by the way, when you are in right relationships, the gifting, the calling and the anointing is there. You will do these things that I have done and greater things in the name of the father. Yeah. And that's what he tells us. There's your purpose on your gifts, your calling and your anointing. There is the purpose. Why do I exist to do these things and greater things in the name of the father? Yep. And that goes back to what you said about the scripture, you know, for we were created for his glory and everything. Right. (laughs) But he says, that's what it is right here. He says all of these things in the name of the father. Well, Mm -hmm. when you do it in someone else's name, you do it for their glory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. So good. Love being here with you, young lady. You are just, it's been such, such a joy. So let me, can I just kind of branch off into another area for us here? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think it's actually leading into the, 
other area I think yeah. that you're going. <laughs> so, you know, as a result of that, so when you have the gifts, the calling and the anointing there, then what God tells us here in, is this idea of nature, okay? And we, we understand if you've ever heard somebody say something, you go, boy, that just, that wasn't like them. You know, that wasn't natural. Well, remember this, the word nature means that it is that inward thing. You know, we talked about this inborn when you describe an athlete as being a natural born athlete, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking about the, anything that comes from their nature. What God tells us is, is he will change our nature. And it says, you know, in Colossians 3.10 and that put on your new nature, Okay, you are a different person as a result of being born again, knowing Christ, well, really knowing God through Christ, right, you know, the Father, that you have a new nature. And it's important for us to remember that out of your nature comes what you do naturally. So whatever it is you naturally do. Now they talk about things, you hear a loud noise and people naturally turn to it. That's their nature is to be drawn to that or to cower down. That's in our nature how we do these things, right? And it's in, it's interesting. Uh, there was an old show called Lie to Me, and they studied the body language, you know, to say, are they telling the truth or lying? Mm -hmm. I went through some training and sat in a class one time, and the, the instructor there was talking about the different characteristics that you watch people, and they can't control it because how they respond naturally to something will determine over here truth, lie, things like that. That is what they do naturally. And so in any event, God says, look, when you are born again, right, here's that anointing, here's that purpose calling, but here's the right relationship that we know our heavenly father through his son, right? He will change our nature. Now, what that means is we're not going to act the same. We're not going to talk the same. We're not going to be the same person. And, you know, one of the beauties that people you know, they, they're walking with the Lord and people will say, what happened to you? What happened to you? Well, what do you mean? Because in our mind, we go, well, you know, I know the Lord and this and that. And you're now not even realizing this change. Sometimes it's come over you in the yeah. sense that there's a greater joy, a greater happiness and this and that. But it is what you do naturally now that shows people what your nature is. Well, the manner in which you talk or you treat people or you do, then they go, there's something different about you. Well, when they're saying that, what they're saying is you're, what you're doing naturally that you don't have to make up as you go because people can spot that, you know, mm -hmm. but what you're doing naturally is reflective of a new nature. And then, you know, I love this because we talk about this and in second Peter, you know, he says, he talks about here that we become partakers of the divine nature. Yeah. Isn't that a great statement? That <laughs> when you think about that, that what God is doing to us is he is changing our nature, right? And it says we've escaped the corruption of what is in this world because of the sinful desire, right? It has shifted our desire and everything. Our new nature has shifted our desire away from that. And uh. that now what we do naturally is just absolutely different. I, uh, in 1992, our family was heading to, um, was heading to our last assignment in Rome, Italy. But there was a guy there who now is, 
I think he's even retired from Campus Crusade. He retired as a colonel out of the army, but we were at a school together right down the road, Leavenworth, Kansas. And uh, he had told me we saw each other. He got assigned to the Pentagon and I was leaving. He said, Chuck, we need to talk. And I said, okay. And we kept saying we would. And so on one, I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday, they have a prayer breakfast there. And so we go and he said, man, we need to talk. And I said, I got two days left in the Pentagon. If we're going to do it, it has to be today. He said, let's go. So we left the prayer breakfast, went to the cafeteria and he says, I need to know what happened to you. And I began sharing, you know, it's just, and I hadn't really thought about it. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't something. And look, I, I was a little bit of a stinker, you know, in terms of language, things like that, so forth. And I can't blame some people say, well, it's just hard to be a Christian in the military. And I go, no, it really isn't. That was all me. That had nothing to do with the military. I don't care where I would have been. You know, I could have been doing anything. It would have been just as bad. Okay. It wasn't the military. So in any event though, and, and this story here, and we could do an entire piece of this. He, he looks at me and he says, does Rich Wilson know this? And I said, what are you talking about? So this is 1992. We had left five years earlier, Leavenworth, and I hadn't heard this guy's name since then. We weren't in the same group. There's 1,100 people in the class. He says, does Rich Wilson know this? And I said, man, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. He says, Rich Wilson. I goes, yeah, I played racquetball with him a couple of times, and I talked to him, you know, classes and stuff, but we weren't even in the same group out of this. And he goes, you don't know, do you? I said, apparently not. He said, Chuck, he says, me, Rich, and one other guy, when we started class in 1986, a year earlier, we got together and decided that we'd have a prayer group each week, just the three of us guys. And we would pray, but the deal was we would each bring a name into the group. And for that solid year, we would pray for that person. So three guys praying would bring three names that they wanted God, felt that God wanted to work on. And Rich Wilson brought my name into the group. Oh. And so for, it was actually a 10 month, I think it was a 10 month class there uh, just about every week, except Christmas or if we missing that uh, the three guys prayed for me to come to know Christ in a powerful way. But what was happening was it wasn't just this. Um, and, and I don't want to make light of this, but the importance of an altar call or that decision in which you pray. But I also want to say that there's more to it that mm -hmm. this idea now, of people who will disciple us, help us walk through, understand our purpose, our calling, our gifts, yeah. you know, and what it means to be in right relationship. Yeah. But what he was saying is, you know, what I did naturally, and I hadn't thought about it was different than the guy he knew at class. And what God had done was exactly what God promised. He had changed my nature. Now, let me just caveat this, Jody. Um, you don't have to be around me longer than a New York minute, as we would say, to understand, we hope God's still working because this isn't perfect. Okay, believe me, <laughs> you know, even that. And so, but it's the idea that over time, what we do naturally comes from our new nature. What we do naturally before came from our old nature. Mm -hmm. So God says, You are born again, He will give you a new nature. And what you do naturally flows from that new nature. And so I want to suggest and, you know, that we need to understand this, that that's the desire of God's heart for us to walk in our purpose is that idea of our gifts and calling. That's part of our nature, isn't it? But yeah. over here is the peace. The anointing is the right relationship 
which kind of explodes and sets in motion the gifts and calling and gives it stability upon which God puts the purpose there. And that purpose, I think, is based upon our new nature that he gives us. That's what's going to explode. That purpose is the foundation of gifts, calling, and anointing upon which the purpose is there and it gets exploded because of the new nature that we have by being in right relationship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. Yes. And what I'm, what I'm seeing, even as you're using your hands to demonstrate that, I'm literally seeing a vessel. And that is why the right relationship is so important. The right relationship in itself, where God is actually imparting his new nature, working out the old, creates a wider vessel in which he himself can explode, as you've been saying, out. And because he wants to be seen. He, want, uh, he's, he is wanting to use each of us to draw others to him. I mean, there's a reason why Jesus on the Sermon of the Mount called us to be a city or a light on a hill. Is that, is that what he said? Yeah. If you want to be a light placed under a bushel basket, your lampstand, but you will place it a city on a hill, a light yes. on a hill, which was a continuation of the lampstand that he said. Yep. And okay. then also the continuation of being salt. That's right. So all of that connects back to even what you, where you took us in Jeremiah, where he is doing all of this too, so that we are definitely set apart and people will see it. And it doesn't really, I mean, yes, he is going to use different individuals based off of the gift that he has placed in there. Like for instance, I'm recognizing for me, he has just given me a gift to be able to speak and I can, and I it, it is a natural thing, but not everybody is meant to do that. So even speaking to ensuring that your relationship with him is first and foremost, a priority in your life, no matter what, so that you are in the position that he needs you to be in, to be able to continue his divine plan. Not that he's going to stop his plan. I mean, I mean, because he is God, obviously, but anyway. No, Jody, what, I think you're absolutely on, no, no, me. I think you're absolutely on track with this. That, and you know, we both use it was actually two scriptures. One is the city on a hill, the light. Yeah. But think about this: the lampstand that he talks about. You won't place your lampstand under a bushel. But mm -hmm. so picture this: what God has called us to is with each of our lampstands by itself is a lampstand. But when yeah. everybody with the city on the hill, in a sense, and we light our lampstands and it glows up the entire and it brings, you know, light to the entire top of the mountain kind of a thing. So mm -hmm. we weren't meant to do this alone. That's the other thing. And part of what we've talked about here, but we didn't get into in that. So now's a good time between the lampstand and the city on the hill is we weren't meant to go through this alone. We need each other. Yes. We will go through difficult times. No one has to tell you that. Mm -hmm. We will go through trials and tribulation and so forth. We desperately need each other. And here's part of it is there's a, as you said, I don't think it's a surprise. It may have been a surprise to you when you said, I'm just now realizing that part of what God has gifted me to do is speak. Well, Jody, people saw that a long time ago, right? <laughs> and they were kind of wondering when you were going to see it. Okay, so we know these things. 
But right. the reality of this is the reality in the developing of the gifts, right? And the and the positioning with that calling there. What does that mean? Giving opportunity in that. But to walk in right relationship, Jody, we need each other. Yep. And so for your listeners, you know, it's one thing if you come away from the podcast thinking, okay, boy, my gifting, my calling, that anointing, I've got to work on that. Know this, you weren't designed to work on it alone. Amen. You weren't designed to work on it alone. And I know a lot of the things that are stirring in your heart, Jody, and with your team there mm -hmm. is to create safe environments, whether it's through events that you do or studies and this and that. And this isn't new information that so much of what's been on your heart and the vision God's given you is that with your ministry center there to be used that you just posted it was it last week yeah. we're here if you have an event that you want to do we have a facility for you right okay. and that was just posted I saw that and that but it's more than just having an event there it's the idea of creating community to walk through this together because we were not meant to do this alone yeah. And, and that really just comes from the simple fact that I am not where I am at without the people that God has placed in my life. Um, you being one of those people, like there is, so if we're even going to speak to purpose and, you know, understanding whose I am, but it, when I am in that right relationship with him, I begin to see a little bit more clearly of the wider, the larger plan. Um, I can say that I am not here by accident. And it is also because of the people that he has placed around me and helped walk with me. And then I get to do that with others. And, and then for my listeners, I would specifically even say, take a moment and think about that in your own life, because it isn't just a Jody thing. It is a body of Christ thing. <laughs> like, this is what we do. <laughs> and even, so I, on, even to just to just give a real loud amen to what you're saying, because I fully agree. I would say also, and you touched on this early on that through the generations, it's not just meant to be us for no more forevermore, but the idea that God calls us very clearly in his word, that we are to, you know, speak that life into the next generation so that they in turn would speak to the next generation and beyond that God is a generational God. Yes. Yes. That, that idea of our purpose, bear in mind, I, you know, you think in terms of a, of a football team, you know, all of them have their purpose, but if it was just their purpose alone, the team would not do very well. Right. It's meant for everybody to operate in their purpose across there and operate as a team to do that. Well, I think the same thing is true in the kingdom of God, the team of God, that you've got a place in this, Jody, I've got a place in this and our team, God's team is strengthened when I'm encouraging you and you're encouraging me and we're walking in this together and my job isn't to play your position or your mind, but we know that they come alongside each other for God's glory, God's purpose to build his kingdom in that process. So I think, you know, that 
people need to hear that, that we were meant to do life together. Yes. Okay? We yes. were meant to do life. And in that doing life together, we get strengthened with the anointing God, you know, with that right relationship, because we hold each other accountable. We walk together. We lift each other up. We're there when a word is needed, you know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the things that come up for me are like, you know, maybe there is, you know, some single dads listening or, or even some stay at home moms where, you know, you know, they've got a lot of quote unquote irons in the fire and to recognize that maybe in this season in your life, the people that you are to be walking with are your children. And that that is a huge task. And that is a ministry. Um, you know, you and I are both in what most people would call full-time ministry. Well, I'm here to say that if you are living in, in, on this earth and you are, you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are already in full-time ministry and you need to recognize the ministry that God has placed you in. And that really starts with this stool and understanding that when you are in a right relationship with him, he will reveal to you that specific calling. You'll start to recognize that gift that he gave you. And you, your job is just to be with him and continue to walk that out daily. And it really is that simple. And the whole generational piece um, like as you were talking, I was like, you know, I've never thought of this before, but the apostles set that standard for us. Christ had them set that standard for us. They started passing that on immediately to the generations. You know, it doesn't tell us in Acts that there were kids, but there had to have been. Oh, yes. And that we're continuing that generations later, we're still following in that same path. Why wouldn't we want to keep, keep it going yep. <laughs> till Jesus comes. <laughs> and look, you know, I, I look at all of the different things, you know, the first evangelist in the Bible was a woman who was living with a guy she wasn't married to. That was the first one that God, you know, Jesus revealed himself to other than his disciples. Right. Okay. It was the yep. first one, you know, was a woman who, you know, you've been married five times and the guy you're living with now is not even your husband. She goes, oh yeah, by the way. All right. And then God used her go. And it says that many came to know Christ before they even met him. Then they came and met him and so forth. And so that idea, but, you know, being that, that evangelist, if you will, the first one was a woman who was living with some guy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Has God got a humor? Okay. <laughs> And he'll use anything and everything. That's exactly right. Which includes anybody and everybody. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Well, I think we've come to a great place to close. I just want to thank you, Chuck. I, this was so rich and deep. I love all of the facets that you brought. Um, it has really just even widened my perspective and as well as deepened. And you have provided some scripture that I told you before we started recording that I am going to now like really be diving into. So thank you very, very much for being here. I so appreciate it. Jody, I am just deeply honored and I am very blessed to be a part of this with you. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of what God is doing there in and through you, the ministry, and in that community. For the listeners, 
I want to just go back and encourage, go back and listen to October 26th. And that was when Jody really laid out the purpose for this second season. And if you want to go back and listen early on to that first one, but I think what you're going to see is, uh, you're going to hear on that is a lot of growth in terms of what God is talking about with your purpose, the purpose of this podcast, the purpose of the ministry, and so forth. And I just want to encourage the listeners, go back and listen to that. And I think that'll encourage you to listen to some of the podcasts too, because I think they're rich. Uh, you use that term. I think they're very rich. Okay. Thank you. You're a blessing. So are you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in listeners. Wherever you're listening, whether it's on Apple or whether it's on Spotify or Overcast, I just ask that you provide a rating. Give me some feedback like the Facebook page, She Walks in Purpose, and know that if you want to support this podcast in any way, check out UniteToKnow.org. It's Fortune Faith Oak Ministries website. If you want to support She Walks in Purpose, I just ask that you support Fortune Faith Oak Ministries. you for walking with me this week. My prayer is that you've seen Jesus even more clear, recognized the immensity of God's presence, and discovered an even deeper abundance of life, knowing whose you are. My encouragement to you is this. Know God's presence envelops you. His purposes are for His glory, your good, and that entails a life of abundance. Blessings in the truth and grace of Jesus Christ.